Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Thank you. Uh, this week we're going to be at the Gervasio's Live. In case you want to come to the Gervasio's house, go on their website and you can see how to get there. Next week we'll be at the Fest and it'll be BYO Picnic. Bring your own picnic. We're going to have a picnic afterwards. Still working on the baptism. And birthdays, we forgot Matt Quigley last week. So Matt Quigley, happy birthday, Matt. And also Laurel's birthday is coming up this week. So we've got two birthdays. And then the title for today is The Blind Leading the Blind, 2 Kings 6, 18 to 19. And we're going to start talking about cicadas, which is why I have Laurel helping me to talk about cicadas. Now, this is what we find first, the little little baby cicadas. And then they grow into, I'll show them whatever it turns out, the big cicadas, right? And then show them, we put a little nest together where she keeps her little cicadas in the nest. She has her own little box of cicadas, Okay. That's what cicadas are. Now I'm going to tell a cicada story. So Laurel, you can head out with Chicky, and I'm going to finish the rest of it talking about the cicadas, okay? Thank you very much, and happy birthday. <laughs> okay, she's so funny. All right, um, <clears throat> so cicadas. We have a box full of them, as you can see. Uh, but did you know there are actually zombie cicadas? That's right, zombie cicadas. You see, when little cicadas in the ground, the, the little, um, I don't even know what they're called, the larvae are in the ground, and as they are coming out of the ground, some of them get this fungus on them, okay? The nymphs, cicada nymphs are what they are on the ground. And when they start burrowing out in the summertime, <clears throat> some of them pick up this, this fungus that turns them, actually 2 to 5% of them turn into zombie cicadas. That's right, it takes over them. It works like a drug on their brain. And they they start to swell up, their abdomen swells up, and the cicada uh, abdomen has these spores growing in them from the, 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 the fungus. And as they fly around, their bellies are actually falling apart, and the spores are spreading everywhere into the dirt. And that's how the fungus, the fungi, whatever they call it, spread all over the place as it's killing the cicada. Now, these cicadas are dying. They're literally rotting. They're dying, but they don't know it because the fungus is working on their brain like a drug, and it's killing them, and they don't even know it. They just, they're just they just going on with life because uh, the, the, the fungus is like a, a, a drug to them, and it's killing them the whole time. They're actually zombie cicadas. They're doing what the, the fungus wants them to do. They're following the commands of the fungus to spread this, this fungus everywhere. And it's terrible. You see the pictures of these poor cicadas being eaten and falling apart and disintegrating and still flying around and trying to live. Uh, they don't even, they're not even aware of it because of the drug. <clears throat> it's not just cicadas. Lots of people are zombies too. Lots of people are spiritual zombies as we're going to see today. Are you a spiritual zombie? Let's pray. Father, I pray that for every one of us, <clears throat> that our eyes would be open, that we would shake off the, the, the lies and the, the spiritual stupor, and we would be able to see clearly the truth in Jesus Christ. I pray for every one of us that, that we would not be conformed, but we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I pray that anybody here cannot see because they don't have the Holy Spirit, that this would be the day that they put their faith in Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, and can see clearly what's really going on. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, quick review. The Aramean king wants to trap Israel's king. We're in the life of Elisha. Uh, it wants to trap the Israel's king, but Elisha, the prophet, keeps warning him, and he keeps getting away. So the Aramean king sends his army to trap Elisha first. Says, I'm going to get him first, then go get the king of Israel. But the army of angels protects uh, Elisha. Remember, horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. If you didn't hear that, make sure you listen to that. But we talked about how we need to see with the eyes of faith. We need to see that we're in a spiritual battle. And we need to see God's powerful protection. Once again, if you weren't here for the beginning, haven't listened to the first two parts of this one, go back and listen to that. <clears throat> but let's pick it up now with 2 Kings 6, 18 and 19, the rest of the story. Okay, They saw the horses and chariots of fire all around them. And then in verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. <clears throat> he led them to Samaria. So, <clears throat> first of all, many have trouble with Elisha's lying to these blind soldiers here. Uh, but... He did not lie. A lot of people think, oh, Elisha lied. He did not lie. Who are they ultimately looking for? King Joram, the king of Israel. That's who they were looking for. Elisha was just in their way. He was just a stop along the way. They had to catch him and remove that threat from him in order to go get King Joram. So that's who they were looking for. So what Elisha is really saying is the truth. I know <clears throat> where the king is, and I know where you can find him. I know who you're looking for and where to find him. He's not lying. He's talking about the king of Israel and how to find him, which is exactly where Elisha takes them. He takes them to King Joram in Samaria, as we will see next time. We Next week, we'll see that next time. But So he didn't lie at all. He's actually telling the exact truth. He knows who they're looking for, the king of Israel, and he knows where to find them in Samaria. He wasn't talking about himself. He was just a stop on the way. The real end game, the real goal was the king of, uh, the king of Israel in Samaria. But having said that, he didn't lie to them. He just told them the truth and they followed him. But today, I want to focus on their blindness, the blindness of these Aramean soldiers, because it's a spiritual picture. It's a spiritual picture picture of so many today. This is a reality of so many people today, especially the USA today. Elisha blinded them physically, but they were already blind spiritually. Remember, type, picture, OT, spirit, New Testament uh, reality. They, they were already blinded spiritually. So when he blinded them physically, he was just giving a visible picture of what their reality really was. They were completely spiritually blind, just like so many today. Yes, Elisha just made the true condition visible. He just made their he just made visible their true condition. They were blind. They were blind prisoners already. They were blind prisoners to Satan. To Satan. They, it reminds me of what happened in history. I was reading about uh, the National Geographic some years ago about something that happened in what, what is modern-day Yugoslavia. But a thousand years ago, there was a Bulgarian empire, and its czar was Samuel. And Samuel had triumphed from the Black Sea to the Adriatic Sea. But in the Byzantine emperor, Basil II, he found his nemesis, his nemesis, his foe. For decades, I'm just going to read what the, uh, National Geographic, for decades, their campaign seesawed through the Balkans with ghastly carnage. 
Samuel finally set a trap for Basil in a gorge, and, uh, but, but Basil eluded that trap and he pinned Samuel's entire army there, trapped them. Now he would teach the Tsar a lesson in Byzantine revenge. Basil captured the 15,000 soldiers and he blinded them. He put their eyes out, sparing one in a hundred. And now that one in a hundred, he only put one out. He left one eye okay and he put the other eye out. He spared one in a hundred to lead the horrible march home. And Samuel, back waiting for his army, watched in horror the return of his once proud army, eye sockets vacant, shuffling, stumbling, clutching one another, each hundred led by a one-eyed soldier. Is that brutal? The sight killed him and it destroyed his kingdom. It just, he had a breakdown. It, it, it ruined the kingdom. They were swallowed up by the Byzantine, uh, Basil. And Basil was ever, from then known as the Bulgar Slayer. And they said the, the Bulgarians would not ever forget Basil the Bulgar Slayer. Horrible. Horrible. But that's exactly the picture of these blinded soldiers. They are captive and blinded to something far worse. They are spiritually blind and they are captive to Satan. That's exactly what Satan has done to everyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Everyone who has not got their sight restored by Jesus Christ. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says this. He says, has not... Uh, let me read it to you. No, I'm going to have to just go... Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. I just need the first verse. Somebody shout out the first word. The first word. That's all I need. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, where it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that it cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ who is the image of God. That's right. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Everybody who has never put their faith in Christ, all of us at one time, were completely blinded by Satan. But if you are still have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are blinded. You are just stumbling along in the dark. Your eyes have been gouged out. Your spiritual eyes have been gouged out. Your life is destroyed. You are a prisoner of war. That's all we are. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They can't see it. They can't see it unless the Holy Spirit does it. They, you, we cannot see it. We have been blinded. Do you need proof? Proof? Open your eyes. Look at the United States today. You talk about the blind zombies, the blind leading the blind and blind zombies. Look at our country. Look at the horrible destruction, the drugs and the sexual sin and the abuse and the divorce and the, the, this, on and on the horrible effects that Satan has captured the majority of people in this country blinded them and they're living the blind is leading the blind you talk about blind zombies look at these these rioters I'm just going to connect a couple of easy dots here the rioters claim to be fighting fascism they're fighting fascism well they have morphed into total fascists you talk about the blind leading the blind these these uh, anti-fascist rioters 
are complete fascists. They're making people lift their hands and they're bullying them and threatening them if they won't lift their hands in this, this fascist salute. It, it's crazy. The writers who are claiming to be fighting racism. These writers are claiming so many are, I'm not talking about peaceful protesters. That's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about the writers who, who, and, and they're taking over these protests. They're claiming to be fighting fascism while they themselves are racist themselves. Herschel Walker's son, I just was watching him and he was talking about, um, this is a, a black young man, uh, not a Christian, but he was talking about it and he was saying about Black Lives Matter. He goes, I've seen it up close as a, a black man. And he said, they're just as bad as the KKK. They're just a different form of racism. He, and, and he, and it's true. That's what's starting to come out. It's just as bad as the KKK. It's just another form of racism. And you talk about the blind leading the blind, the, the Black Lives protesters are, they're, they're protesting the tragic killing of unarmed black men and women. That's that's their that's their main focus there. They're now follow me here. They're protesting the tragic killing of unarmed black men and women, which there's not a lot, but there's some, no doubt about it. While they themselves support the killing of three hundred and fifty thousand black babies a year. <laughs> they don't shoot this guy, but here, kill these three hundred and fifty thousand black babies every year. You talk about the blind leading the blind. This congressman, John Lewis, who recently passed away, uh, civil rights hero, and we gotta respect him for what he did. He was beaten countless times, he was arrested so many times, he won rights for the blacks, which is very commendable. But, but he recently died and he was lionized. He was a pastor. This guy was a pastor, and yet he fought for abortion 100%. 100%. It's unbelievable. The same guy who fought for civil rights for blacks denied those same civil rights to black babies. Not only denied them civil rights, denied them life itself. Declaration of Independence, life and liberty, uh, liberty and life, the pursuit of liberty and life. But he, he, they can't, there's no life. He won't give them any even life. Forget civil rights. He won't even give these babies life. You talk about the blind leading the blind. And you contrast that. You contrast that with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, a true civil rights hero, a consistent civil rights hero. And I have it here, I had an article by the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. Elveda King, Elveda King. Uh, she's, listen to what she says. Oh God, what would Martin Luther King Jr., who dreamed of having his children judged by the content of their characters, do if he lived to see the contents of thousands of children's skulls emptied into the bottomless caverns of the abortionist pits? Direct links connecting abortion and serious conditions such as breast cancer, cervical cancer, emotional disorders, and other serious illnesses must be considered. The only... Healing and redemption is in the blood of Jesus, blood willingly shed so that we could stand today and cry out for the blood of the unborn that is drenching the land of our children. What terribly mixed signals we are sending to our society today. We allow and even encourage them to engage in promiscuous sex. Then when their sin conceives, we pretty much tell them, don't kill your babies, let our abortion facilities do it for you. We march to cure breast cancer, yet promote one of the biggest contributors. I'm a mother of six living children and I'm a grandmother. I'm also a post-abortive mother. In the early 1970s, I suffered one involuntary and one voluntary abortion. 
and she talks about the destruction. Over the next few years, I experienced medical problems. I had trouble bonding with my son and his five siblings who were born after the abortions. I began to suffer from eating disorders, depression, nightmares, sexual dysfunctions, dysfunctions, and a host of other issues related to the abortion that I chose to have. I felt anger about both abortions and very guilty about the abortion I chose to have. The guilt made me very ill. If you are suffering from this, please get help. Any any uh, pro-life pregnancy center, you can walk in or you can call them. They have counselors. They will help you get your healing through Jesus Christ. Don't carry that pain and that that you can Jesus will forgive anything I want to say that but then she goes on to say my father Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. once said no one is going to kill a child of mine his son Martin Luther King Jr. once said the Negro the Negro cannot win as long as he is willing to sacrifice the lives of his children for comfort and safety. How can the dream survive if we murder the children? Every aborted baby, every aborted baby is like a slave in the womb of his or her mother. The mother decides his or her fate. Martin Luther King. And then Dr. Alveda says this, I join the voices of thousands across America who are silent no more. We can no longer sit idly by and allow the horrible spirit of murder to cut down, yes, cut out and cut away our unborn, destroy the lives of our mothers. I am very grateful to God for the spirit of repentance that is sweeping our land. In repentance, there is healing. In the name of Jesus, we must humbly Ourselves, humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. Then will God will hear from heaven and heal our land. That is, you contrast Martin Luther King and, and Dr. Alveda, Vita King, uh, with what the world is saying now. Powerful. It shows that the blind are leading the blind, but some are waking up, some are opening their eyes, some are trying to help others open their eyes. But they're not the only, what I just shared about the rioters and the Black Lives Matter and, and the, the abortion, black abortionists, they're not the only blind leading the blind, are they? No, no, no. We're going to hit everybody today. Let's not forget what has sparked so much of these riots. Let's not forget about the what has sparked and fed this blindness that they're experiencing, that blinded them, the hate that blinded them, that this blind rage. Let's remember what brought so much of this on. Slavery. Horrible. The Reconstruction Movement, which was very positive, but was fought against tooth and nail by so many people, including the Democratic Party. What, hey, if we're going to cancel, let's cancel it all. Let's take down, let's, let's remove it. They should be removed because the Democratic Party not only fought tooth and nail for slavery, they fought to stop Reconstruction. They're the ones who harp torpedoed it and, 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 and hurt it. And let's not forget slavery. Let's not forget the, the, the loss, the, the reconstruction movement that was defeated. Let's not, let's not forget the racism over the year, even by many who claim to be Christians. The blind leading the blind. The years of hate has done its tedious work. Has done its work. It's insidious work. It's insidious work. The years of hate has done its insidious work. Can you imagine <clears throat> if the slaves had been freed voluntarily? If they had been treated with compassion? If the blacks in, in the 1860s on had been treated as equals? Can you imagine if the churches 
Now, now, many of them did. Many of the churches led the abolitionist movement. Believe you me. Uh, you can study the history. You can study William Wilberforce and, and the abolition of uh, the abolition of slavery in the United Kingdom. Christians, even in America, led the abolitionist movement. But can you manage if the churches as a whole had preached? and practiced brotherly love, had accepted the freed slaves into their churches instead of making them start their own churches. Can you imagine what the difference if they had been encouraged during the Reconstruction Movement and had been allowed to, to flourish? Can you imagine the difference in America today? And, the sad, and this is the sad irony. Finally, we've turned a corner in this country. We were turning a quarter. The sad irony is just when we finally seem to be turning a quarter corner, there were so many positive steps, even electing of a black president. I didn't agree with anything biblically with that guy, but I was, at least was happy that we elected a black president. I thought that was an important step. What, just when that was happening, now just when the mi minority unemployment was at an all all-time high and earning was at an all-time high just when race relations seem to be moving forward I have seen a huge change in my life a huge change in the white community attitudes toward black people and I believe there's a lot there has been a lot of change in the black community toward the whites because let's not let's not forget racism goes both ways and I've seen just as we've seen a huge change I've seen a huge change in the white community not perfect not where we want to go but way beyond what it's ever been just as this is happening the coronavirus hits and Satan takes advantage of the situation to blow it all up and now we're facing a second civil war it's unbelievable we're seeing the worst racial divide in a long time this whole blow up has set racial reconciliation a long way back. It has caused so much distrust. So much distrust now. No one, no one knows whether, where the other person is coming from anymore. For a long time, a lot, most whites were looking at blacks, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Many blacks were looking at whites, giving them the benefit of the doubt. It was changing. So many, and I'm going to tell you from the white perspective, so many had stopped seeing color. And blacks stop seeing color. But now between the races and not just, but, but all the races, that's all anybody sees now. Thanks to the media inflaming this whole thing and, and the radicals inflaming it. Now it's all we see. I want to encourage our church. I want to encourage Christians of every color, red and yellow, black and white, to see others with the eyes of Jesus Christ. Don't be influenced by this writing. Don't fall into the thing, oh, see, I knew they were like this. And, and, don't, and don't, don't, the other side, ah, see, they all just want to kill us. You know? Let's, don't fall into that lying trap. Don't fall into it. We need to see others with the eyes of Jesus Christ. I want to assure my black brothers and sisters something, that the majority of white Christians still want to see you blessed. They still, we still love you. I want to assure you of that. The majority of white Christians still love our black brothers and sisters in Christ completely. And I know the same is true of the majority of black Christians too. The majority are very discerning. They don't support the, the, the radical Black Lives Matter movement. They believe all black lives matter. Tony Evans, all black lives matter, they believe. They don't support that. The majority of Blacks by polls do not support the Black Lives Matter. Only 47% are against it, 44% are for it, majority are not for it. But and the majority of the black church believes that all lives are precious to God, especially the babies. 
I've talked to my black brothers and sisters and I've been pleasantly surprised to hear that they still get it. They're still looking at things biblically. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, encourage true Christians to see their identity, to see our identity not as black or white, red and yellow, black or white. No, no, no. Our true identity is a Christian. My identity is not a white Christian. It's a Christian who happens to be white. That's the only way to see ourselves biblically. If you're black, you're not a black Christian. You're not a, you know, that's not who you are. You're a Christian who happens to be black. Our identity is as Christians. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are unified in Jesus Christ. And we can't get pulled down with the rest of the world. Well, I don't know where this is going, but as Christians, red and yellow, black and white, we cannot be pulled down with it. We have to be above political po- politics. We have to be above above racial politics. We have to be above it all and stay focused on who we are in Jesus Christ and stay connected connected that way. Don't follow the blind leading the blind. Whatever race we are, don't follow the blind leading the blind. Now, next time I'm going to finish this passage and focus on what we as Christians can do to heal the blindness in USA Today. And there's blindness in red and yellow, black and white. There's a lot of blindness to go around. All right, We're going to talk about how to heal that next time. Wait till you see what Elisha does. And it gives us a real lesson, a real lesson on healing. But today, I want to just finish up. I want to focus on the reality of our spiritual blindness and how only God can heal that. Listen, without Jesus Christ, no matter what race you are, red and yellow, black and white, without Jesus Christ, we are all spiritually blind. I've said this before. It's not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. We are all spiritually blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4, I already read it. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We, We are completely spiritually blinded. And even worse, and even worse, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, he says, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned and he cannot understand them. We can't begin to grasp it. Uh, I'm going to read it again. 1 Corinthians 2.14, where it says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. I know I left something out. They are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot grasp spiritual things. If you're listening right now and I'm preaching from the Bible, and you're like, what is is he talking about? You don't have the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible can only be understood with the Holy Spirit. And you get the Holy Spirit when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. The Word comes alive. Spiritual truths come alive. You can see Satan's lies and the world's lies. It's just like putting on glasses. I take my glasses off, I'm blind. I put them on, I can see. And that's what happens spiritually when we receive the Holy Spirit. But without the Holy Spirit, we can't grasp it. That's why the USA is so dark now. So few believe. Believers in Jesus Christ, true believers. I'm not talking about the fake Christians, the fake evangelicals. I'm talking about Christians. There is only one way to be healed. There's only one way to get our sight, and that is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we're going to see the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I have the truth. He says, he is the truth. The only way we can see the truth is we have to be in Christ, put our faith in Christ, receive his Holy Spirit, and see through the eyes of Christ. That's the only way. Everything must pass through Jesus Christ before we accept it. Otherwise, we discard it. That's the only way. That's the only way that we can see the truth. Uh, and, and the only way we're going to see that, we have to receive the Holy Spirit. And the only way you get the Holy Spirit, John 3, 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. That's right, we have to be born again. Born again. Verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The only way you can see the kingdom of God, the only way we can see the truth, we have to receive the Holy Spirit. And the only way that we do that is by being born again. Again, there has to be a spiritual birth. It's not an intellectual ascent. It's not a, oh yeah, confirmation. It's not a baptism. It's not jumping through religious hoops, some kind of religious rites. That's not how you, no, no, no. It's by being born again. Being born, the first time you were born, you don't remember, but your mother sure does. It was traumatic. It was shocking. You came out and you were screaming for your life. You know, you can finally breathe. You're not breathing water. You're breathing air. And you're screaming. I've seen it 13 times. Believe me. And so, uh, screaming, you're, it, it's, it's traumatic. When you're born again, there, it's, it's, it's something you're going to remember. Now, it's true. You may put your faith in Jesus when you're younger and you, and you take deeper steps as you get older and you don't remember it all. But believe me, there has to be a born again, a, a definite, life-changing decision that you know your life has been changed because the Holy Spirit has come into you. There has to be that time. That's the only way to see. And John 3.16 tells us how. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much he gave his one and only Son. Jesus died on that cross in our place. His blood was shed for us. He was buried for us. He came out alive after three days of resurrection to give us a brand new life. We must believe in him. The word believe there does not mean in your head. It's a deep word in the Greek. It means to completely trust in, to cling to, to completely give your life to Jesus Christ. Have you been born again? If you have, you now have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is alive and your whole life is different. Have you been born again? If you haven't, we're going to pray in just a minute. You're going to get your shot. You're going to get your chance. Now, after salvation, it's still very important to stay on our guard because after salvation, we can still be blinded by the world. We can still come under Satan's attack and we can still be blinded by the world. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed. Greek, squeezed into a mold, squished into a mold. Plato, squeezed. No, no, no. Don't be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Bible tells us how to do that. It's through God's Word and through prayer and through worship and letting God's Word mold our mind, transform our mind, make us like Jesus. Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, have you been transformed? It's so many Christians are so-called Christians are have been conformed to the world. I, I'm shocked when I talk to so many Christians. Their their worldviews, which should be biblical, are so worldly. I don't I can't even tell them talking to a Christian. They're blind, just like the world. It's crazy, and it's no surprise. This newest survey just came out. More than half of U.S. adults including 30% of evangelicals, believe Jesus isn't God. Well, 
How are you considered an evangelical if you don't believe Jesus is God? That's like the starting point for being an evangelical. So I have a problem with even the, the idea of this, right? But that 52% of Americans uh, believe that Jesus was a great teacher, nothing more, and nearly a third of evangelicals believe the same thing. It's quite a shock, it says here in the study, as the culture around us increasingly abandons its moral compass, professing evangelicals, <coughs> excuse me, are sadly drifting away from God's absolute standard in the scripture. It's clear that the, this is their, what they're saying here. It's clear the church does not have the luxury of idly sitting by. This is a time for Christians to study scriptures diligently, engage confidently with people in our culture, and witness fearlessly to the identity and saving work of Jesus Christ in the Gospels. He goes on to say that... Um, some 65% of evangelicals in the study were also found to agree with the statement, Jesus is the first and great, greatest being created by God. 65% of evangelicals think Jesus was created by God. That is heresy. That just means you're not really a Christian if you believe that. It's impossible because you have to believe in the real Jesus. You have to put your faith in the real Jesus to be saved. You can't just put your faith in a fake Jesus. Jesus wasn't created. He created all things. He's existent from the beginning of be, beginning of time. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together. He is not created. He created all things. The Bible teaches clearly. That just shows that they're worshiping a false Jesus. Not, not, you can't really be a Christian if you're not worshiping the real Jesus. If it's a fake Jesus, this isn't Build-A-Bear. This isn't Build-A-Jesus. Right? And also, uh, findings of an earlier Barna study this year show that only half, 51% of Americans consider God to be all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect, and just creator of the universe who still rules the world today. In 1991, it was 73% who believed that. We are talking about an apostasy, the great apostasy. We're seeing it in the entire Western world. If you haven't listened to my prophecy series yet, you're missing out on some wild times. But it talks about the great apostasy that is going to come. That's one of the signs of the end of the age. It's one of the signs of the coming tribulation. It's one of the signs that Jesus Christ is coming again soon. So, uh, the apostasy it's talking about here. Uh, oh, unbelievable. It's sad, the blindness, that I, so, I see so many Christians with a shocking worldview. And so many Christians doing shocking things and falling for shocking lies and, 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 and lifestyles and, and traps. And falling for unbelievable things that are unthinkable. And it reminds me of Second Timothy 2.24, where he's talking to Timothy. Paul's talking to Timothy. He said, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Now get this. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. These are Christians being taken captive by Satan to do the devil's will. Zombie cicadas, zombie Christians. I see it all the time. I can't believe the people who leave our church over the most incredible anti-biblical thinking or most incredible anti-sinful actions. It's shocking. They not just leave our church, they leave Christianity itself. They've been taken captive by Satan. They believe or they live out or they act out 
demonic lies is what they're doing. It's crazy. It's scary because this is why in the end times, as I believe we are in the end times, we are going to be pressured to take the mark of the beast. If you haven't heard my series, listen, I can easily, easily see at least half of the so-called evangelicals in the USA today. I could see half of them taking 666 tattooed around their foreheads and being doomed to eternity in hell because of that. I can easily see it today. Are you ready? Are you ready? As Christians, do not conform. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Are you conforming or transforming? Are we a conformer or transformer? Are we being transformed daily by the word and the spirit and the power of the spirit? We must be transformers in this culture or we're going to get squeezed. We're going to get squeezed. The only hope for the U.S. today, if there is any hope, the only hope is if the church wakes up, if there's a revival that goes, in, goes into a spiritual awakening, and that the church becomes transformers instead of conformers, which is all, all what the church is today, right? We have to become transformers. And we're going to talk about this next week, how to heal, how to reach the blind. Don't miss next time. This is kind of the, the sad news. The good news is coming if we follow it. If we follow Elisha's example, maybe you're listening to this today and you're saying, you know what, I'm a blind, I'm blind. I'm a zombie cicada. I'm a prisoner of war to Satan. My eyes have been gouged out. I'm just shuffling along, following along with the world. But you never got that before. But now, finally, you're today, the Holy Spirit is convicting and stirring in your heart. The Holy Spirit is touching your heart and opening your eyes. And you can put your faith in Jesus right now. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Have your eyes been open? Is the Holy Spirit stirring in your heart? Is God convicting you? Are you ready to break free from spiritual bondage and sin and the lies and, and being a prisoner of Satan? You can do that right now. Your life can be changed forever. You can get your sight back. You can live as a brand new person in Jesus Christ. You can fight. You'll no longer be a prisoner of war. You'll be able to fight spiritual battles. Fighting for your eternity. Fighting for God's purpose. The purpose he's given your life. It starts with the prayer of faith. God, please forgive me for my sin, for my rebellion, for everything in my life that goes against your word and your purpose for my life. God, please forgive me. I repent. Whatever your word says, I'm going to follow it because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Whatever you want, whatever your word says, I'm going to believe and follow that because I'm putting my faith, I'm repenting of sin and putting my faith in Jesus Christ. His death for me. His resurrection for me. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. 
Father, I pray for every person wrestling with this right now, that they would put their faith in Jesus. Your Holy Spirit would fill them in a powerful way. Make them new creations in Christ. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit convicting us? How have we conformed to the world in some way that we're thinking or in some way that we're living, in some way that we've surrendered ground to Satan? Maybe we even realize that we have been deceived by Satan, taken captive, trapped by him in some area of our life, and we need to break that stronghold. God, whatever it takes, I pray that every one of us would break free, that we would go to your word and break free free, and, and have a biblical worldview. Whether we like what your word says or not, whether our flesh likes it or not, that we would accept your word and believe your word and stand on your word. And Lord, if there's anything in our life that needs to be broken, that we would break it by repenting and renouncing, resisting and renewing. And Lord, if there's something so strong in someone's life that they will find a Christian brother or sister or pastor or counselor, they would find a Christian counselor or someone to help them really break strongholds in their life. And if there's some deep hurt, some wound, some bitterness, something that still needs to be healed, some shame that needs to be healed, that's the same thing someone, that whoever is praying would go to you, would go to, to a Christian brother, sister, a pastor, uh, a, a, a brother and sister in Christ, a Christian counselor, and get their healing, get their true healing. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've put your faith in Jesus, you will never be the same. You have the Holy Spirit in you and you're in for the shock of your life. I want you to tell someone though so they can be excited for you and help you grow in your faith. If you don't have anybody to tell, you got a family member or a friend or a local church or a pastor or Bible say somebody to tell. If you don't have anybody to tell, email me, Chuck Wilson um, at nhcc at comcast.net and I'll be excited for you and help, I'll help you get connected, okay? Don't miss next time because woo, wait till you see how we can make an impact on those around us and the world around us in our USA today, how we can help those who are in blindness, that are trapped, how to help them find freedom. Powerful stuff coming.